your host, Andre Pirano. Each week we bring you an inspiring person or a message to unlock your true grit. Today, myself and Ryan Rizuki sit down with the Bone Collector. We talk hoops, life, and passion. Let's dive right in. All right, Larry Williams, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. AKA the Bone Collector. That's right. That's what I do. I collect bones. <laughs> I'm your host, Andre Pirano, with my main man, Ryan Rizuki. That's right. So, our first question, sir. I know that you uh, um, actually lived out here in Southern California. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, Pasadena, California. Um, I was born in Tyler, Texas, but I came out here when I was about, you know, six, seven years old, and I've been here ever since. Traveled over to New York. I've been traveling the world, traveling a lot, but uh, my main base of operations is Pasadena, California. Great. Now, playing ball, I mean, obviously, you've been playing all your life. Um, what inspired you to play when you were younger? Uh, what inspired me to play when I was younger was my father. My father was a, he was a great basketball player. He was probably the best basketball player I've ever seen and um, with my own two eyes. And he would just take me out to the park with him every day. He played every single day except Sunday when the Bulls played. And he used nice. to always make us sit in and eat dinner and watch Jordan play. That was like us, our movie night. Um, we used to watch Jordan play on a Sunday. And uh, you know, those were the days where you de I developed that love for it. I developed that drive to want to do it because I knew I was doing it every day. At first when I started, I didn't truly particularly like it but because um, I, I used to play football a lot. Just I used to just like to run around, but once it, you know, once I was about nine years old, it was I took over, and I've just been my passion ever since. So your dad was basically your mentor and what inspired you? <clears throat> Absolutely, my father inspired me to do it. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. Now I know that you played JC ball. Um, how did how did that road go for you? Um, that road was a little rough for me. I was uh, I didn't play in high school. Uh, I was always good enough to play but I was just influenced by uh, some things I care not to mention. But let's just say, you know, when you're around a, a heavily gang-influenced uh, environment, you tend to sway off from the things that you can do to make your life easier. You, you sometimes, you know, latch on to, you know, your friends, and you make mistakes, you're, you're human, so you're gonna make those mistakes. So from there, um, after high school, I went over to uh, Chafee College. That was not too far out from LA, probably an hour out. And I played JUCO only for one semester. Um, I was a number two guard in uh, junior college basketball behind Jamal Tinsley at the time. And um, I had an opportunity to go to Cincinnati and Pepperdine, and I got into some serious trouble. And I ended up getting incarcerated for three years. So when I, you know, by the time I was 21, and I'm just expanding your your answer here. By the That's time fine. I, yeah, please. By the time I was 21, I went to Rucker Park in New York, the old and one mixtape tour. Can you just ask that? That came out in about, I want to say. 97? No, 99, 98. And the, the tape came to the prisons, and we were watching it on TV, and I was like, man, this is the, this is exactly what I wanted, you know? This is. This, this is me. This That's is your raw. calling. Yeah, this is raw. It's different. The NBA is good, but, you know. NBA is, you know, what it is. It's done by the numbers. Street ball is more free-flowing is what I know. And I said, you know what, as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to change my life over. You know, I'm going to stay away from the bad influences. And <clears throat> I got out and I went over to uh, New York, Rucker Park. And I didn't have a name at the time. First game I played, 
I threw the ball through somebody's legs. He fell, and he hit his finger on the ground and broke his finger. Second game, I threw the ball through somebody's legs. He backpedaled into the gate, hit his back of his neck, and hit broke something on the back of his, uh, I think on the back of his neck or his ear or something, hit something and cracked something in his head. And then the next play, oh. a guy was guarding me. Next day, guys guard me full court, and I threw it through his legs, and I snatched it back, and he pulled up short. I think he, like, pulled his hamstring or something. So the paramedics would just wait outside the park. Every <laughs> game awesome. I Every game I played, and then the guy on the mic said, dude, this dude, this guy, this guy got to be the bone collector or something. And then. The same guy that used to go, oh, baby. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Duke Tango, shout out to Duke Tango. And, uh, and my guys out in New York, they, they said, that's how, you know, that's one of the things that makes my name unique. It literally happens on a regular basis. People get hurt. And I'm just thankful that God allowed me to be in this situation. So to answer your question, the, you know, my, my start and the start and finish of my career from JUCO expanded my worldwide uh, notoriety. That's incredible. That's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're out there playing and it's, it's just phenomenal that you watched a mixtape of these guys from and one mm -hmm. and then you literally just like just jumped on a plane and said this is this is my calling yeah um at the time i was you know i was mentally in the wrong place so what i really did was and this is just from my heart to the listeners i really asked god well what, what was i here for i just had to ask him like what am i here for because i was used to money i was used to girls i was used to cars I was used to everything that I was I was good at basketball you know I was charismatic I was all these things and I thought I figured it out and it wasn't enough I wasn't happy I wasn't satisfied and even being good at basketball I wasn't happy and I asked him what am I here for and slowly but surely when people say well you're not you, know, you can't hear God's voice and I truly speak to him on a daily basis because at that moment I realized why I was actually playing and I'm not playing just because I'm good at it I'm playing because he's blessed me with a, a talent that people need to see and they need to know what comes along with that anything that you're good at people usually say don't do it for free that's true but it's not for money you do it because you love it so the point being I asked him that and he really put he put it in my hair my put my spirit to understand that I'm here for the the generation below me there's a lot of kids that won't make it to the NBA, and I am here to give them another window, something to look at, something to be proud of, something to be happy for. And I don't get too high or too low. I'm good enough to play anywhere. I've played everywhere, played against anybody. But I don't think that that's, that was my calling to try to pursue NBA, you know, and stick to it. That, that was a lane that I was always in, but I think my more so my calling was to get closer to these kids because at a camp, you can't, have Kobe Bryant or I don't believe LeBron James going to a million different clinics not because they don't want to maybe maybe because they just don't have the time so I believe God put me in that slot to make sure I reach them and give them everything I have and with a passion not not just to take people's money to get out here and really show them that I've been in gangs I've been in a lot of different bad situations and I can show you what you can do with God's word and then I think that's what the overall calling for me playing basketball is Wow, that's deep. So you're telling me you you come from a strong faith. Oh, yeah, super strong faith. Without faith, I mean, all of this stuff is for nothing. Yeah. 
that's amazing. And that's, I mean, and that's how you use your inspiration now is running camps and clinics and or what else is it? Um, camps, clinics, ministry, mm. leagues. I run a bone collector league. Um, I do games, appearances, three on threes. Um, early note, professor and I, a good friend of mine, Global Hooper, we're going on a, we're starting a tour, Global Hooper's tour. It'll be some time out from now, but just keep an eye on that. And we're gonna revive the mixtape life. We're gonna wow. revive it. We're gonna bring that back full surface. Shout out to all the guys that paved the way for us. Rest in peace, Ali Mo. rest in peace, Escalade. And uh, also skip to my little, we're on our way to do something big with this game. And, and we appreciate all you guys' support. Wow, yeah. that's that's beautiful, man. Um, now there is word here that um, you actually called out Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. Did you ever play them? I am not allowed to say that. Oh, what happened <laughs> over the? Let, let me just say this: I played them, played both of them, but I'm, I will not tell you the results. Those are really good friends of mine, and uh, I called them out because, like I said, I'm a firm believer in. If you don't do your homework, you get bad grades. An NBA player automatically does homework on NBA guys. They don't. They don't do homework on street ballers. We're built for war. You know, we don't. We're not playing for championships. We're playing. Every possession is a championship for us. Respect. Yeah, we, we have to score every time. We have to make a highlight every time. We have to make the best play every time. We train to do that. I do personally. So, I'm not. I wasn't worried about an NBA player. The NBA player. Those, those guys were regular to me. Wow. How, mu how much different is in training for street ball versus normal basketball? It's a million times different. Like you can't, you can't, if you didn't grow up in the, you know, the mix of it, it's hard to teach it. You, you can't teach it because you teach a lot of bad habits, number one. <laughs> and, um, you know, you don't want to have someone that, you didn't create a name. There's no, haven't been another street ball name created, you know, in, in years. Yeah. Like an up and coming guy. So you don't want to give anybody that hope that they can, go into their own realm of basketball with these moves that we make up and create. But it's much harder than um, a regular trainer, a regular training for like the pros, because our timing is much different. Our moves are different. Nobody can do the moves we do. Nobody. NBA or not. They, people don't remember that the, the N1 mixtape was, the tour was being watched more than the NBA when it came out. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, yeah it was watched way more. And the NBA guys used to want to come and play in the N1 mixtape games, and they did. And Shaq would come out and watch, and I remember my guy, Professor, making Daryl Armstrong fall in the chair and and all those things. So, you know, to put that in a, uh, in a quick response, uh, street ball is more, <clears throat> you, would, you wouldn't teach actual moves, you would teach situations. You know, you but can- But that's what you teach in- when you're teaching normal basketballs, you teach the situations like where if you were to come off a pick and roll and the defense would do something like this, then you yeah, but you know read. yeah. But the difference is is ISO. You, you teach ISO situations. Okay. Yeah. So if you come off a pick, you're just gonna walk your man to the top of the key in a, in a street ball game and just let everybody get out of the way. Yeah. So in a real game, you wouldn't do that. You read situations, see who's cutting, see what kind of player you're guarding you, and you know you might have a big. The switch off might be better for you to dump it to the big. You might not even mm -hmm. need to ISO. Um, but anyways, it's just much a different. It's just a different way of uh, viewing the game. We view the game for the reason why I think people love my skill is because I do everything. I don't have to play hard. I can cruise, and you can guarantee you're gonna see somebody fall or look crazy or something. And we, I mastered it. Mm -hmm. Mine's is a lot different than everyone's that plays street ball, which is what I've been told by some of the legends, Pee Wee Kirkland and these guys. 
They tell me that my handle is different than anybody who's ever played the game because nobody just falls every day. And <laughs> oh, I, wow. I, I do it every day. Yeah. Is that your motivation then, to keep going? Yeah, my motiv- Yeah, my motivation is, it just comes, like I said, man, it's, and uh, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to do what I'm doing. So my motivation comes from the drive that I used to have when I, when I used to see players that didn't make it. So I feel like I'm playing for them, you know. There's players that I, I know that are real good, and they didn't get a chance to play where they wanted to play. And so I, I do this for them. Like I go out and I entertain, you know, I teach. And then if you put me in a regular game, I'm going to go for 40. That's just the mindset I have, and that's why I do it, because, you know, it's, it's just one of those passionate things I got for guys who didn't kind of reach the full potential of where they could have been. Yeah. yeah. You living your dream right now then? Not yet. I think um, I, I obviously playing basketball is a big dream of mine, but my dream more so is to I want to go into ministry. I really want to give people a better way to hear God's message. And I think basketball is just a platform to open that up. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to learn how to shorten, shorten my conversation and strengthen the message. That's what I'm working on. That's living the dream for me. Okay. That's powerful, man. Yeah, it is. I'm a huge believer in God. So oh, you, so you know. It. Oh, I know. You know how it goes. Believe me, I know. Um, you know, with this whole social media with kids nowadays, and it seems like like today we did this camp, it seems like kids just don't have that grit or that heart. Mm-hmm. And Ryan and I talk about this all the time. What advice do you have for anybody that's listening out there? Well, I got advice for guys who are the ages of 28 and 38. If these kids, I'm be- 38. <laughs> if the kids below us are not in the right mind frame, it is our fault. And the reason why I say that is because the biggest influence in the world is social media besides, you know, the negative things that surround us. If we are allowing social media to be more, you know, influential than what we actually do, we're just not working very hard. We'd rather leave them alone. And I think we need to be more hands-on. I'm tired of blaming it on the kids. You know, that's like a uh, scapegoat. I'm, I'm here. I'm in San Diego. I'm going to China in a couple of weeks. And then I'll come back, go to the Philippines. I'm going everywhere I can. So I'm never going to be sitting on my tail watching the youth go away. I'm not doing it. I got kids. I got boys. And I'm not letting them grow up that way. So my message, once again, ages 28 to 38, let's get out here and make a difference. We're not going to change the world in a day, but we can at least get the kids to play on the real PlayStation, which was the jungle gym. Get them outside. They don't need to have the handsets. Get them outside. Get them playing. Get them active. You know. And it's better for the world in general. You know, it's a lot of epidemics going around with kids being unhealthy and so on and so forth. So my overall message for you guys, like I said, let's get out and get these kids active. God bless you guys. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, what do you fear? Mm, <clears throat> I, I've, when it comes to life or what do you mean? In general. In general, what I truly fear, I fear making a mistake on purpose as a man. I, I fear that. And I, I've, I've came a long way in my faith and my walk. And I, I really fear temptation. I really fear it. I fear it to the point where I ignore it and I block it out and I stay far from it because I'm smart enough to know now if I do it on purpose, I already know God's going to forgive me. But if I keep doing it and keep doing it, I got to try to balance between whether I really like it or do I miss my old ways and do I, should I go back to my old ways? And since I know both, one thing I would tell you guys is, don't ask God to do something you're not ready for him to do because he will do it. He will definitely take away what you ask for. If you ask him to take something away or open your eyes, life gets much easier when your eyes are open because it's easy to be stupid. You don't have to do anything. So 
I mostly fear making a mistake so on purpose that I used to make before I was saved and before I believed Jesus died for my sins. Wow. Yeah, it's big. I love that, man. What's your favorite go-to move? Uh, gotta be the hesitation. The nastiest move on earth. <laughs> Le- left hand, has he? Left hand. <laughs> Boom. Yep. And the right hand snatch back. Snatch. I learned some new stuff today from my guys. Shout out to my, my team ankle breaker coaches today. So I didn't have a r- idea that the the stationary hip swivel is for me is cheating shout out to big ryan big ryan gave me a new move you boys is in trouble that is true i never thought about that to be honest it's for me great moves you can't guard me when doing that kill that dude in the post with it too right for me because i'm 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 not a small guard once i put my body on you and i turn you have to either jump to the right or left i can even shoot that it's just I'll, I'll show. I'll make some new videos. Uh, I'm gonna drop some people. You off. gotta I shout out to Ryan Rizuki. Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, I love it. I love it. That's my <laughs> big shout out to Ryan Rizuki for giving me this new move. I'm gonna call it the Double R. All right. Oh, I love it. That's, double that's R. My favorite, uh, man. favorite basketball player of all times. Michael Jordan, of course. Of course. Right. Bulls on Sunday. Yeah. Bulls on Sunday. Favorite MJ shoe. Oh. um... The Jordan 14th, the ones when he hit the game winner before he retired. Oh, the, yeah, the Ferraris. Ferraris, yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. I love it. Well, how can people find you and reach out to you? Yeah, how do they contact you? Easy way to contact me is to email me at bonecollectorlive at yahoo.com for all information regarding events and bookings and so on and so forth. Um, you guys can check me out on my social media handles. My YouTube channel is Bone Collector Unlimited. My Instagram is Bone Collector Six. I treat my Instagram like a mixtape, so you are guaranteed to either, either laugh or open your eyes. You have to watch it twice because I put things on there that I've never even seen before. <laughs> Big shout out to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. And fundamentals. Thank you. Hey, you guys have been great to me. Thank you guys for helping me out. Real good. Thank you, man. Time, I man. appreciate your time. I love the show. I yeah. mean, on that note, that's it. Yeah, that's a wrap.